the Voice America Business Channel. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com and CC1Consulting.com, and it's great to be back with you again for another week. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say <coughs> excuse me, a thank you to Neil Lawton for joining us on last week's show. Uh, it was about how to be a better leader, and Neil really brought some great insight into leadership, and he's someone who's led teams at the highest levels, including to the very top of Mount Everest. Um, so if you've not listened to that recording, you're interested in leadership, uh, do take another a listen to it. Um, it's something a show that I should be listening back myself in the next couple of weeks. So this week, I, I wanted to... I started off the week, really, on Monday with uh, my non-exec, uh, who acts a mentor to me and um, really focuses around my month's progress and holds me accountable for various actions that I promise to deliver. And today I've been doing exactly the same. Um, I also do that for my clients. So I'm acting as a mentor with a long-term client and holding him accountable. And we've worked together for several years. And it's been an absolute privilege to sit there this morning and just consider the journey that he's been on and what he's achieved, you know, where he was and where he's got to now. It's absolutely incredible. Um, having someone to independently advise you, to challenge you, to hold you accountable for doing what you say you're going to do, in my view, is absolutely essential. Helps to challenge your thinking and make sure you are taking the steps to achieve the future that you want. You know, almost all the very successful people I know have mentors or coaches. So if you're choosing a mentor or coach, make sure that they've also got one themselves so that they're committed to it. And if I can help you, then just get in touch. Now, over to today's show. And Henry Ford once said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're absolutely right. And as my guest on today's show um, says, this is a very simple statement, this. But yes, its impact is massive. Whether you believe you can or you can't, you're always right or absolutely right. Now, this show, like the mentoring session that I referred to, is about the changes that we all need to make to achieve more of what we want in business and life. You know, while we're here, we might as well make the most of ourselves. My guest is one of the leading personalities in the world of personal development. David Shepard is a specialist and master trainer in NLP. That is neuro-linguistic programming, timeline therapy and hypnosis. And I personally met David a number of years ago, and I spent several weeks in his company. He certified me as a master practitioner of NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis. Um, his company, The Performance Partnership, in my view, is the place that I'd always refer people to go if they want to study NLP. Um, I know That's because I know he's good, and I know the company is good. And in 1993, David's career was flying high in the city, um, but he you know, says that his personal life was in turmoil. So he decided to achieve something more fulfilling, and he achieved the status of master trainer of NLP. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. That involved over 2,000 hours of study and practice. And since then, he's taught NLP for over 30,000 hours. He's the president of one of the biggest boards of NLP in the world and on the advisory committee of the UK's biggest association. And he also works with the charity, the Warrior Programme, and he's a much sought-after therapist in his own right. Uh, originally from Mansfield, 
Uh, he now lives in Richmond in London. Uh, he plays the guitar, loves the guitar a bit like myself. And he's also an avid watch and car collector. And his dream is to play a gig one day like Elvis. Welcome, David Shepherd. Thanks, Chris. That's, a, uh, that's quite an introduction. <laughs> I didn't realise you were going to say the Elvis bit. But there we go. <laughs> one day. Well, if you will put it on your bio. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't write it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about Elvis for you? Oh, I was a big Elvis fan from uh, from the age of about 14, to be honest with you, and uh, actually had my own Elvis impersonation band, uh, Shaking shaking Dave Shepard and the Bobcats, but we... We should probably leave that well and truly in the in the uh, in the past. I think. <laughs> if you have to uh, to revive it, so let me know. <laughs> I did play the guitar at one of my uh, one of my uh, end of year gigs actually last year, which was uh, quite a major achievement for me. So I was I was scared to death, but I was very proud of myself at the end of it. <laughs> that challenge of taking it from your your bedroom um, out into the world. That's it. <laughs> So maybe we should start, start, David. I mean, just for some people might be wondering, well, I've mentioned the, the word NLP a number of, number of times. Um, it'd be interesting to get your view on NLP. I also just happened to do a little search on NLP, and it seemed to have you know, a little bit of a, uh, an, an interesting uh, review in Wikipedia, which uh, I do know Wikipedia that the first person who gets on there kind of writes what they want to write, and then it's, uh, it has to be sort of challenged by others. But um, I've certainly experienced lots of uh, lots of people have had hugely positive, beneficial experiences from NLP. Um, do you want to explain, you know, what it is and uh, how, in your view, it is uh, a very effective approach to change? Yeah, um, for me, neurolinguistic programming is the difference that makes the difference. Um, one of the questions I get asked probably more than any other is what's the difference between somebody who's massively successful and somebody who's not successful? Uh, and obviously success, you know, the word success means something different to everybody. For some people, it's finances. For some people, it's having a wonderful relationship. For other people, it's being fit and healthy and strong. For others, it's uh, developing uh, and, and bringing up children and having a wonderful family life. So success means something different to everybody. Um, so I, I tend to ask the, the question, so who would you pinpoint as somebody who's massively successful and it tends to be the same names that are in the in the frame each time you know it might be Richard Branson or the late Steve Jobs or uh, Bill Gates and I don't know any of those people personally though I do know people who've worked work for them and work with them personally and <clears throat> the, there seems to be a, a distilled essence if you take it that everybody is given the same capabilities when we come into this lifetime we're given a, the physical body we're given a brain and neurology then um there must be something that people are doing on the inside, the way that they think, that enables them to create significantly different results than other people. And NLP is that difference that makes the difference. It's really uh, an instruction manual as to how to use your mind and how to use your brain most effectively to have it do the things that you want it to do. Uh, you know, So many people, I think, um, have the experience that their brain or their mind runs them. Whereas NLP teaches you how to have your, you, you to literally run your own mind and run your own brain, which is why some people define it as the, um, the software for the brain. Uh, also though, because it, um, it's very much about communications, and obviously what I've talked about so far is about how you communicate with yourself, but it's equally about how you communicate with other people, how you become a master of influence, how you become a master of persuasion. 
Uh, so that that really for me is what um, is what NLP is, and and why I got so excited about it when I discovered it in 1990, thanks to uh, Anthony Robbins's book Unlimited Power. Uh, I, I'd never heard of it before. I read the book, devoured it, and thought, "Wow, this is this is the most amazing, most amazing thing." And and then started having personal experiences with it. Great. So so it's you know the the NLP bit is about is about the neurology the kind of language that you use and the programming being bit being about the kind of habits that you have acquired yeah and and then potentially the change comes about maybe changing those those habits and thought patterns to get what you want yeah as an ex computer programmer when i saw neuro linguistic programming i was very excited about the last the last <laughs> word because right? I, I certainly at that point in my life uh, believed that i needed to be reprogrammed um and uh, i thought i also know a lot of other people that need reprogramming as well um and um you know it doesn't actually mean like somebody plugging a keyboard into the back of your head and starting to to type away it's really talking about the the unconscious programs that we run to generate all of our behavior and some of those programs or strategies create the kind of results that we want, and some of them create the results that we don't want. So NLP is about identifying those strategies and reducing the strategies that produce unwanted results and increasing the strategies that, that uh, create the results that we want. So another way of uh, talking about NLP would be that it's how to use the mind's own language, the mind's own programming language, if you like, to be able to consistently create desired results. And the most important word in that statement for me is consistently. In that, um, you know, one of my favorite questions I ask any group is, how many people here achieved a goal and you achieved it? And of course, everybody puts their hand up. Then the next question is, okay, so how many people here set a goal and you didn't achieve it? And all the same hands go up. So it's not about whether we can achieve goals or not. I think everybody's done that. The question is, how do you achieve them consistently? So you set a goal, and it actually happens the way that you set it. And that's really where timeline therapy and, and, uh, and NLP come in. I guess, the, I guess as well that you know, NLP, or, or the programming element, is if you're happy with the results that you're achieving and the results you're achieving in life, they're exactly what you want. Maybe you don't need to change anything. But I guess the, in reality, the vast majority of people uh, want to continuously evolve and change and improve. And if, you, if you're one of those people, then something like NLP could be very valuable to you. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, one of the um, you know, and I think it, it, doesn't, it doesn't come from NLP uniquely, but this is saying, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if your life's absolutely perfect and you have and you're everything you want in your life in every single area, whether it's your business and career, your, um, your relationship, your family, your health and fitness is absolutely the way you want it. You're developing yourself personally. You have a good spiritual balance and spiritual development in your life. Then, um, you know, leave it as it is. <laughs> um, but if you're um, anything like me, where, as you say, you know, you're wanting to con continuously evolve, to con continuously achieve more in every single area of your life, then NLP and timeline therapy can enable you to do more, more easily and more quickly. So, so, <clears throat> so is that how we know that something might need to change in our mind to create what we want? I, I mean, how, how do we know that? How do we know... How do we know that something must change? Well, another question that I ask people is, um, you know, 
when I've got a group is, you know, how many people here are aware that there's something within them that prevents them from truly being who they want to be, from being able to do truly what they want to do, and being able to have truly what they want to have. They have no idea what it is. And, you know, if I'm speaking to a group of 100 people or several hundred people, absolutely everybody in the room puts their hand up. Now, you know, you, you could say that the people who come to my seminars are biased because, you know, that they are the kind of people that do want to be more, do more and have more. Um, but they all put their hands up and say, yeah, there, there is something that I'm, that's inside of me, something that I'm doing that's preventing me from being able to have the kind of business and career that I want, the relationship that I want, the body that I want, the family that I want, and all those kind of things. But I, I don't know how to identify it. And even if I did know how to identify it, I don't know what I would do to change it. Which is where that, you know, this is really where, where NLP uh, comes in. Um, in my experience, really, there's only one way of not having any challenges in life, and that's to be going nowhere. Um, but as soon as you start going somewhere that you've never been before, as soon as you start expecting more of yourself than you, than you've previously done before, then you run into, you know, personal roadblocks, whether it be a, um, a negative emotional response, um, or a limiting mindset that comes up that says that you're not good enough to do that, or you can't do that, or it's not okay to do that. Um, which is where, you know, the, the tools and techniques of NLP and timeline therapy really score. So, so do uh, we've got just a couple of minutes till we go to commercial break now. Uh, but from your experience in terms of things that hold clients back typically from achieving the results that they want in their business and their lives, um, what are the key? I've heard you mention negative emotions, limited beliefs, but from your perspective, what are the key things that do hold people back? Yeah, I think there are three three main things. Um, negative emotions I've just mentioned. So, um, you know, emotions like anger and sadness and fear and hurt and guilt. So, you know, have you ever been really, really angry at someone um, and whilst you were angry, attempted to communicate with them why you were angry? And, you know, I think most of us have done that and it, and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Or you come into a new relationship bringing with you the sadness and the hurt and the guilt from previous relationships. Does that, does that assist us in being able to create the new relationship the way that we want it? Um, fear, I think, is the, you know, the major enemy in, in business. Um, you know, I think, obviously, there's a fear of failure. Uh, I come across the fear of success as much as the fear of failure. Uh, the fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the U.S., the number two fear in the U.K., um, the fear of prospecting, the fear of rejection, um, all of those things prevent people from really going for what they could truly achieve. And then I think, you know, when some, some people put their fear aside and they start to become successful, then I notice that guilt starts to come in and they start feeling guilty about being more successful than other people. Uh, then the, um, you know, the, what I would call limiting beliefs. Um, you know, beliefs like I'm not good enough, um, I'll never make the kind of money I want, uh, I'll never be able to have the relationship that I want, um, create self-limiting um, barriers in our mind. You know, we talk in business about, you know, the existence of a glass ceiling and somebody hits this glass ceiling and they just, no matter how hard they work, they just don't seem to be able to get beyond it. Um, but then, you know, it's something we can talk about more after the break, but then we've got these things called values, which is... Um, our unconscious um, motivation mechanism. So our values determine whether we're motivated to do something or not. 
Um, and, you know, psychologists say that our beliefs and values are in place by the time we're age 10. Um, which means if I hadn't done work on my values and beliefs, I'd be attempting to navigate my way through the, the world with beliefs and values that were 40 years out of date. Um, you know, where was the world 40 years ago? <laughs> Very different than, than where we are now, you know. For a start, we, w- we wouldn't be doing this 10 years ago. No. And I guess there's an expectation that we would behave differently when we're in our <coughs> 30s, 40s, 50s than when we're 10. Uh, yeah. So, so, we, so we might want a different set of values. <laughs> <laughs> At least for most of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to go to commercial break now. We'll be back again in a couple of minutes. And we're going to really talk about uh, those different components and actually how to you know, rid ourselves of things like negative emotions and remove limiting beliefs, etc. So do come back after the break. There's going to be some great content to follow, I can assure you. So we shall be uh, back again in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be more that's info at be more now back to chris cooper Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreCheatMore.com and CC1Consulting.com and delighted to be with David Shepard. We're talking about change your mind, change your future. Uh, and David, when I've, I did a little intro, I mentioned, I think, um, the question about what is NLP. Um, I mentioned that there was some, you know, a little bit of uh, you know, interesting debate about NLP and uh, how effective it is. And I just was, wanted to put that question to you straight away now uh, and take your views on it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, controversy at the moment in the NLP world. Um, particularly with um, the write-up, as you mentioned, from uh, from Wikipedia, um, which doesn't exactly give NLP a particularly glowing report. And I, th- I think where this originally came from is that, um, you know, my experience, personal experience, and the thousands of people that I've trained, NLP, most, NLP and timeline therapy most definitely create results. Though um, the reporting of those results has been, to date, predominantly anecdotal. 
personal stories about, um, you know, what a, what a change it made to, to people's life. You know, I have lots of, for myself personally and lots that I've actually witnessed and experienced with clients and students. Um, but academia doesn't particularly like anecdotal evidence, uh, neither do the, um, the professions, uh, you know, the psychological profession, psychiatric and the medical profession. And um, so I think that's <clears throat> where some of the criticism has, has come from uh, NLP in the past. We are actually um, doing something this year, which is going to be, um, I, I, I think, probably the first time ever. As you mentioned earlier, I'm involved with the, uh, with the charity called the Warrior Program, uh, where we work with ex-service people. Um, experiences in a whole range of, of mental and emotional uh, issues. And um, we take them through a three-day process using NLP and timeline therapy. And we've been measuring, properly measuring the results of that over the last two years uh, in conjunction with um, the psychology psychology department of um, uh, the University of Southampton. Um, And we're now at the point where actually in two weeks' time, we're going to be starting a, a random control trial for the Warrior Program, um, where we'll actually be able to demonstrate properly the uh, efficacy of, uh, of NLP and, and timeline therapy as a means of, of enabling people to improve their mental and emotional health. So I'm very excited about that because uh, I think it'll, you know, I'm personally excited about it, but I think it'll make a big difference to the way that people view things like NLP and timeline therapy from the, from the professions. Yeah, I think I think there's. I've I've done a little bit of NLP work in uh, the medical sector. Uh, my my wife is a, a GP and she's had been through med, NLP training. Um, I think there are a, a number of people out there who are looking at things like NLP and 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 medical professionals starting to see things a bit differently. Um, but I, I guess it's that kind of scientific. Rigor. I just, I should just sort of share. I just happen to be about, I obviously meet a lot of interesting people through, like yourself, David, through the show. And I happened about three weeks ago to be sitting with a lovely lady who came very, very close to losing her life during the uh, bombing in London uh, on the 7th of July, um, a few years back. And, um, and she had, t- she spent two years really just unable to cope really after the experience of uh, lose, nearly losing she didn't lose her life but a lot of people on the bus that she just got off clearly did and uh, went through all sorts of feelings of, ang- of upset and guilt and what have you and so her life was on hold for two years and then one day she um, went on an NLP course and was came up on stage and completely transformed her life you know that was the moment absolutely I mean I, I love these um, these success stories I mean I've got a Similar one, um, a student of mine was in one was in the the carriage actually on the underground where the where one of the bombs went off on the seventh of July, um, and her best friend was in the second carriage and her best friend died, so um, she had the classic symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder the the fear of the you know the shock of this explosion in the in the underground, but also then the guilt and the questioning why am I alive I should be dead and it should be my friend who's alive. And uh, she came and did a master practitioner training with me and wanted to deal with that. So I paired her up with one of the other master practitioners who previously got uh, rid of his symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder on his practitioner training because he had that for, as a result of an experience in the first Gulf War. Um, and um, after five hours of NLP and timeline therapy, his final testing was to take her uh, on the underground for the first time since the 7th of July 2005. So, um, you know, I absolutely know that NLP and timeline therapy work. Uh, I mean, it, it really does. 
And what we, what we now need to do is to actually be able to demonstrate that in ways that's more than just um, anecdote. Excellent. So let's, uh, let's move, move on from that conversation to, to, get to back where we were um, previously before the break. We're talking about negative emotions, limiting beliefs, values and motivation. I mean, let's start with um, you know, how can we rid ourselves of those, those negative emotions that might have built up from past experiences? Yeah. Um, so th- there's a, a number, of, number of things about the workings of our mind that, um, uh, that mean that things like NLP and timeline therapy can actually work. Um, one is, is that our memories are quite um, fragile. Um, Ernest Rossi in his book Psychobiology of uh, Mind-Body Healing said that every time we bring a memory into consciousness, we change it forever. So, you know, for instance, if I were to remember right now an event that happened when I was seven, I'm not remembering it as a seven-year-old. I'm remembering it as a 50-year-old. Uh, and by doing that, it will change it. So, you know, that this is well known here by the you know, police forces of the world. Uh, if there's a, an incident and there are 30 witnesses there'll be 30 different witness statements and accounts, and some of them will be very, very different from each other. But also, if they go to these same 30 people six months down the line, all of them would have changed their statement. And equally, though, all of them will say that the one they've given today is the right one, and the one they gave six months ago was the incorrect one. So <clears throat> memories are very dynamic. They change all the time. So... You know, if, if, I'm, if I were to say to you, you know, Chris, my life's not really working at this point in time because of something that happened when I was 10, that isn't actually the case, you know, because I'm not 10. What's, what's actually causing the problem is the way that I hold that memory of what happened when I was 10 as a 50-year-old. And what NLP and timeline therapy enable you to do is to change the meaning or the impact of uh, memories on you in the moment. So uh, phrases that I hear a lot of people say, uh, if I could turn back time is, uh, is one phrase I hear a lot. Well, in your mind, you can. Um, and the other is, if I'd known then what I know now, I would never have dot, dot, dot in the first place. So <clears throat> because of those um, partic- particular aspects, we can actually use structured techniques with our mind to change the impact that events uh, from the past, have on us in the present and also in the future. Um, so all of those emotions that I mentioned, like anger and sadness and fear and hurt and guilt, all require the passage of time to exist. So if there was an event where I got angry, I could ask myself, well, where was the anger for that event 15 minutes before the event started? And of course, it didn't, it didn't exist. Um, but what we found from the, the storage of memory is that there's the first time, the first time ever somebody felt angry or felt sad or felt afraid or felt hurt or felt guilt. And if we were to able the person to discover that point in time, even if it's in the way distant past, and then go to before that event, then anger wouldn't have existed at that point in time. Neither would sadness or fear or hurt or guilt. And if the people actually, as they're doing that process, uh, learn from the event, the things that if they'd known them at the time, they would never have felt angry or sad or afraid or hurt or guilt in the first place, that it enables them to release those emotions from events in the past. Um, and it's a, it's a very, very 
simple, very effective, very quick process because it's actually something that we've all done before. You know, maybe, maybe an event's happened during the day. It's bothered you. You don't feel good about it. And as you're lying there in bed, you keep running the event over and over and over and over again until you suddenly have a realization about it. You say, oh, I bet I know what was going on. I bet I know what it was. And you have this realization, and as soon as you have the realization, the emotion disappears. So it's a natural process that uh, we all do all of the time, but we've never done it in a structured way to deal with all of the events in the past where we felt those emotions. So um, l- literally, um, uh, you know, 98% of people who do timeline therapy the, for the first time would be able to release um, all of one of those emotions from all the events in the past in 15 minutes or less, uh, which is remarkably fast. It's quite an ex- interesting experience, isn't it? Because you do, <coughs> you do feel like this sense of burden. Um, you feel the energy, don't you? Um, yes, absolutely. Releasing itself, and you feel, um, a, you know, a lighter, like you're carrying a lighter load with you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the, the reason I I decided to start teaching this stuff was through my personal experiences. You know, I'd had two significant events in my past. One was my dad dying because he died uh, relatively young, and one was my marriage ending in divorce. And you know, I felt all of those emotions about those two events, but I thought it was just a matter of learning how to deal with it, learning how to cope with it, not that I could ever have them you know, disappear. And then in the space of an afternoon on my NLP practitioner training in 1993, they went along with um, my phobia of bees and wasps. Um, <laughs> and I was just, wow. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know, how come nobody had taught me this before? How come nobody had told me that this was possible? Which is when I decided that it was going to be my uh, kind of life purpose to be able to get this, these kind of tools and techniques out to as many people as possible. So we've got about three minutes before we go to commercial break. Um, how, how about removing the limit, limiting beliefs that hold us back? Talks about negative yeah. emotions there. Yeah. So very, very similar idea. So, you know, everybody has different beliefs. And some of those beliefs are useful, some of them aren't useful. Keep the ones that are useful, and we want to get rid of the ones that aren't. So because we all have different beliefs, there must have been a point in time in our history where either consciously or unconsciously, we decided that we weren't good enough. We decided we couldn't have the kind of money that we wanted. We decided we couldn't have the kind of relationship that we wanted. And again, what we can do is, um, from the client's unconscious mind, discover when that very first event was, uh, take the client back to that particular event and have them learn from that event the things that if they'd known them at the time, they would have never have made the decision in the first place. Uh, and by, by doing that, we're actually able to delete these disempowering decisions that people have made in their life so that then they can begin to create their future in the way that they would do if they'd never made that decision in the first place. Mm-hmm. Give us an example of uh, you know, a, a few limiting beliefs so people can – because it's quite, it's quite interesting, isn't it? If we actually have so many – a complex web of, of beliefs sitting in our subconscious, but we're not always aware of them until certain situations occur. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big one for me that I dealt with in 1993 was that one I've mentioned already, I'm not good enough. 
Um, but imagine if you're filtering everything through these pair of I'm not good enough sunglasses. Um, are, are you actually going to go for what you truly want in your business and career? Well, of course you're not. Or I'm not good enough for that kind of relationship. Um, I'm not good enough for that kind of uh, physical body. Um, but equally, you know, I, I hear lots of limiting beliefs about age. You know, like I'm I'm too old. I'm I'm on the scrap heap. Um, I, I, I'm not educated enough. I'm not clever enough. Uh, I'm not a good enough learner. Uh, I don't think quickly enough. Um, um, you know, I'll never lose weight because I'm big boned. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all, all other manner of, um, kind of what we might call limit, limiting beliefs or excuses. <laughs> Money is the root of all evils. Absolutely. And it doesn't grow on trees, Chris. You do need it. That's right. It is made out of them. It doesn't grow on them. <laughs> well, we're going to go to, to commercial break. This will be our last one, actually. Then we're going to work all the way through because there's lots of things I want to talk with, with David. So we shall be back again in just a, a couple of minutes. <laughs> the boardroom to you voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be more that's info at be now back to chris cooper Hi, it's Chris Cooper, be more, achieve more.com. I'm with uh, David Shepard. We're talking about changing mind, changing future. And David, before the break, we were talking about removing limiting beliefs that uh, might hold us back. And I just wondered if you've got a, uh, you know, any, a, any self-coaching techniques that you'd recommend to people who might be thinking, well, I think I've got, you know, a limiting belief about money or a limiting belief about uh, I'm not good enough. Um, any, any suggestions about what people might be able to do to, to help themselves, what you know, after listening to this recording. Sure, um, I mean, you know, one of the things about the NLP and time therapy techniques is that once you've learned how to use them, you can use them for yourself. But that goes a little bit beyond what we're able to do in this in this hour. So, um, 
one of the great ways of um, changing beliefs for yourself is through the power of questions. Um, because really, you know, the answer is in question rather than the answer being in the answer. So um, I've got a, a series of what I call belief buster questions. Um, so the, the, the first thing to do is to, is to discover whether a belief actually is limiting you or not. So, you know, you, I'd ask myself the question, does this belief empower me or does it disempower me? Uh, does it enable me to do more of what I want to do or less? Uh, does it enable me to be more of who I want to be or less? Does it enable me to have more uh, or less? And if it's if it's a dis, if it comes up that it's disempowering me, taking my power away, it enables me to be less and do less and and have less. Then that's a limiting belief. So I want to do something about getting rid of it. So then we need to really motivate the unconscious mind to want to change the belief. And motivation comes in two directions, um, both from a um, uh, an avoiding pain point of view and an, uh, and a gaining pleasure point of view. Um, so. What you can do is you can actually ask yourself, and it might not be a pleasant experience, um, you know, what's it worth to change this belief? So, you know, you could ask yourself, so what does this particular disempowering belief cost you in the past? What does it cost you financially? What does it cost you in your health? What does it cost you in your relationships? What does it cost you in your family? What's it costing you right now um, in those particular areas? And if you weren't to change the belief right now, what would it cost you in the future if you were to let it continue as it, as it currently is. Um, <clears throat> now, that's, as I say, that's likely to be a, a bit of an uncomfortable experience, but that creates the energy, the drive to actually then go about um, changing it. So we, we have our beliefs and we have uh, reference experiences or reasons why we believe that. So the following questions actually almost like bowl a bowling ball at the, these these reference experiences, the legs on the belief to get rid of them. So, you know, you could ask yourself, how would you know if this belief were false? Um, for whom, whom isn't this belief true? Are there other people who believe something completely different from you? Uh, was there a time when the belief wasn't true for you? Um, in what ways do you actually know, if you were to um, be honest with yourself, that it's false right now? Uh, in what ways could the opposite of this current belief actually be true? Um, what's the purpose in having the belief? What does it do for you? And are you willing to give that up? Um, but then flipping it over to the other side, you know, what do you want to believe instead? Um, and how do you know that that actually is true already? Uh, who else do you know who, who has that new belief that you want to have as their current belief? Um, and how many ways in the past, in fact, have you experienced that this new belief that you want to have is actually the way things actually are. And then, you know, giving yourself now some nice towards motivation, some pleasure, um, you know, think about what are all the positive consequences of you believing the new belief from this moment on? What will it enable you to be? What will it enable you to do? What will it enable you to have? And what those questions do is they start to sow at least the seeds of doubt um, around your limiting beliefs. Wow. <clears throat> I think if you are uh, going through those questions and asking them honestly, uh, it's going to have a, a profound impact, I would imagine. On when you said, it's, in, it's interesting when I was looking at you, you had mentioned the ones about what has this belief cost me in the past. And I was thinking about, well, I remember, I think it may have been when I, I was 
first came onto a practitioner course with you and you, I think it was you who said that, um, you know, people who say money isn't important, it usually means that they're broke. Um, <laughs> and, and it always sticks in my mind because, um, you know, for somebody who has that attitude, oh, money's not important and they're broke, you know, what has this belief cost you in the past? It could be an awful lot of security, somewhere nicer to live, uh, better holidays, better education for perhaps for your experiences for your children um it's uh could be quite fundamental so if you've got if you've got that belief maybe this list um could be helpful for you and you guess you've got to ask those questions really really honestly yeah most definitely um, i tell you what we'll do is um, i think I, there's a lot a lot in there in what you've just said so we'll we'll type those up and um i'll stick them on a blog on the be more achieve more.com website so Brilliant. if you go in next week and uh, look at the blog posts um further down the left hand side there'll be a blog on there with those belief buster questions i think they're well worth sharing and do let us know if you've used those and you've found those those helpful um so we talked about therefore the limiting beliefs and i think that's a great tool to use i think the third thing on your list was about developing our values and motivation and what are your yes. thoughts about, about those well, uh, yeah our values um provide us with upfront motivation um they actually determine how we spend our time in certain areas of our life um, and, and also they provide the kind of like the, the benchmark or the, the yardstick against which we measure our results and our behaviors as to whether we did the right thing, the good thing or the wrong thing or a bad thing. So they've, they're very, 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 um, powerful, um, set of, um, filters, if you like, which reside in, in a very deeply unconscious mind. And, um, as I say, our beliefs and values come from um, predominantly in place by in our f first 10 years in life. You may have heard the Jesuit saying, uh, give me the boy for the first 10 years and I'll show you the man. Um, so our, our surroundings in our first 10 years, our, our parents' beliefs and values, uh, the beliefs and values of the, the country and the culture that we were brought up in, the beliefs and values of the religion that we were brought up in, if we were brought up with a particular religious set of values and beliefs, uh, our schooling, our education, all molds our unconscious mind, um, particularly in the first seven years. And then at about seven, we develop our own consciousness, so we start thinking for ourselves. And then we, we look at people that we want to be like. Maybe it's uh, our parents. Uh, maybe it's another family member. Maybe it's a, a pop star. Maybe it's a, you know, a movie star. And consciously we go, I want to be like them. And we begin the modeling process, which also molds our beliefs and values. So that, that's, you know, and that's just, that's just the way it is, just the way that we develop. Um, the thing is that the world is changing so rapidly um, these days, um, that, you know, as I say, for me personally, if I hadn't kind of revisited my, uh, beliefs and values and looked at whether they worked for, for me or not, I'd be, you know, attempting to work in the world with a set of values and beliefs that were 40 years out of date. Well, I would never think of getting in my car and driving somewhere with a road atlas that was 40 mile, 40 years out of date because, There'll be roads that aren't there anymore. There'll be new roads that I could take that weren't there 40 years ago. So what we can actually do with, with NLP and then also with the assistance of timeline therapy techniques is to discover what values we're operating with. And then, you know, look at them and go, do they work for me? 
Um, and, you know, if they do, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leave well alone. But if they don't, then we can learn to actually change them. So to discover what our values are is very, very simple. We just ask ourselves the question, what's important to me about my job? What's important to me about my business? What's important to me about my relationship? What's important to me about health and fitness? What's important to me about my family? What's important to me about my personal growth and development? What's important to me about my spirituality? And what will come out is some big concept um, words. Uh, and you'll find that a number can come out, tumble out very, very quickly. Um, and then um, there'll be a second wave if you ask yourself the question again. Um, and it's important to go to the second wave. And then you can look at them and put them into a hierarchy, an order of importance. You know, what's the single most important? What's the next most important? And our top four or five values determine how we spend our time in that area of our life. And, you know, how we spend our time determines the results that we get in that area of our life. Um, so normally when people actually look at those things, they, they have some quite major realizations because it gives them their motivational hot buttons. It really explains what makes them tick at the uh, at the unconscious level but then a, a further step that um, that we can take is that these values motivate us in two directions the avoidance of pain and the gaining of pleasure and or you know you may have heard of like um, motivating from the um, threaten of a stick and the promise of a carrot um, and um, <clears throat> both both are very 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 good motivators uh, it's just that away from motivation tends to have some downsides in that the motivation that's away from uh, tends to kick in a little bit late. Um, and it only kicks in when there's an impending disaster about to loom. Um, and, um, and, and also, whereas towards motivation tends to be consistent, and away from motivation is also very stressful. It comes in in very big peaks and troughs. And when things are going well... There's, there's nothing to avoid, so there's no motivation. Um, so it's important to discover, you know, which direction are you motivated in? And the way to do that is with each of the values that you've elicited in a particular area is to ask yourself the question, why is that value important to me? So if we took, for instance, let's say somebody got money in their career values, you say, why is money important to you in your career? And some people might say, well, because it enables me to buy all the things that I want, enables me to support my family, enables us to live in a really nice house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is all towards. But other people might say, well, because I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be broke. Um, it's better to have money than not to have money. Uh, you have to have money, otherwise I would lose my house, my car, et cetera, et cetera, which is away from motivation. So um, the thing then is to begin focusing more on the towards aspect than the away from aspect will enable you to reduce stress, also have be more consistently, permanently motivated, um, but also begin creating the things that you, that you want. Because a little secret of the workings of the human mind is that it, um, it, it can't process a negative. So, you know, if I said, don't think of a blue tree... You have to think of a blue tree to know you're not supposed to be thinking of a blue tree. So if your deepest level motivation is to avoid being poor, um, then, of course, what you're actually focusing on is being poor. And no matter how hard the person worked to avoid that, they would tend to wind up back in the same place, which is why you hear 
so many times people going, oh no, why has this happened to me again? I've been working so hard and I wound up back in the, in the same place again. Um, which is, you know, what, what's happening at the unconscious level to have them create that. So once you realize it, then you can do something about it and change it. So just, um, so, so to provide clarity for people, because I think sometimes, uh, you know, values and beliefs are used a little bit in- interchangeably. The val- val- a value is something that's important to you that could be stated in one word. Yeah, it, it would be it would be one word. It would be a big kind of like global abstract um, concept. Like if if somebody were to say, "So, what's important to you about your career?" They might say satisfaction, um, development, contribution, professionalism, um, reward, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then a belief might be a point or a, a point of view. Uh, that that you have in your mind about say reward yeah it would be significantly less abstract so it might be you know there's no way i could ever earn more than fifty thousand pounds or fifty thousand dollars a year doing what i'm doing which then impacts your motivation because your motivation to earn over that if you don't believe you can (laughs) it's it's gonna be non-existent because there's no point (laughs) <laughs> exactly so it's just important to kind of identify that distinction between the the value there and the and the beliefs yeah no, i think uh, it's a good one so i've heard you um talking about uh, creating your future coaching techniques um do you want to talk a little bit about those because i think they're really interesting yes so the um uh, creating your future coaching techniques um, are based on NLP and, and timeline therapy. And they're really techniques that enable somebody to create their future exactly the way that they want it. Um, and, you know, as, as I said right at the beginning of the interview, um, in the main, people tend to experience um, creating inconsistent results. Sometimes they achieve their goals, sometimes they don't. And, you know, in personal development, you hear the saying, you know, um, the future doesn't equal the past. And I, I would say that that's that's true to a certain extent, but I, I would actually um, uh, modify a little bit and say the future doesn't need to equal the past, but it does require you to have dealt with the past. So if there are uh, negative emotions like anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt we just mentioned that are getting in the way of you achieving what you want, then those come from your past experiences, and the creating future coaching techniques can enable you to get rid of those. Um, if you've got a, a limiting belief, like there's no way I can make more than fifty thousand pounds or fifty thousand dollars, and your goal is to make a hundred thousand pounds or a hundred thousand dollars, it ain't going to happen. No matter how hard you work, at the end of the day, you're going to get what you believe, which is fifty thousand. Now, the decision techniques, you can delete those limiting beliefs, delete those limiting decisions, and also use them to align your values. So your values are very towards motivated, and your values drive your behavior to do the things that you want to do to achieve what you want. So that's, if you like, cleared the path. It's cleared the way. So now we can start thinking about actually creating the future. Um, but I think a lot of people go about attempting to create the future before they've um, healed up the past. 
I see. So, <clears throat> so somebody has that, uh, can't achieve more than $100,000, um, but they're still pu- pushing there, trying to achieve two hundred. Yeah. Um, but they, are, they aren't going to do it because they've got to go back and actually deal with something, yep. a, a belief that is holding them back. Go away and deal that and, I guess, raise the bar so actually you believe that you can make 200, 300, 400 or whatever, uh, then that then becomes infinitely more possible. Absolutely. Um, also, you know, you might have somebody that's really angry at people who make more money than them. Uh, that's going to get in the way. Um, they might be afraid of the consequences of um, taking the actions to make that much money. When they think about making that much money, they might feel guilty. So all of those things are going to stop them taking the necessary action that they need to take to create the, the, um, the financial goal that they have. Uh, and that could happen in, in any area of a person's life. <laughs> I've only got a couple of minutes um, before we need to start to, to wrap up. Um, yeah. I know you don't like traditional goal-setting techniques. Um, why is that? And then maybe you could sh- share with us you know, your view on how yeah. a goal should be set. Yeah, I think there's, there's a number of things in, in, a, in a lot of uh, traditional goal-setting techniques which actually don't work with the unconscious mind most effectively. So... Um, you know, a couple of things. If we, smart doesn't isn't unique to creating your future techniques or, or NLP, but there's a number of things very important in the smart goals. Um, and there's three things which are the, which are the most important. Specific. I find that people um, are very reluctant to get specific enough, and you can't get too specific about your goals. I, I, you know, I say to them, your unconscious mind's like a five-year-old. If you were going to give a five-year-old your shopping list for the week, how specific, would, how specific would you be about what you wanted the five-year-old to get you? And you'd be massively specific because you don't want to leave it, leave it open to any misinterpretation. Well, your unconscious mind's the, the same way. Um, also, it, um, it needs to be communicated with the goal in the present tense because uh, future tense absolutely doesn't work. And it needs to have a, a time. You know, a, a, um, um, <laughs> I heard somebody say, uh, a goal is a dream with a deadline which I think is a very, very good way of putting it. Um, <clears throat> then uh, what a lot of people do is that they, um, they, they visualize their goals in what we say in, in NLP, associated, as in looking through their own eyes. And the unconscious mind can't tell the difference between something that's vividly imagined and something that's actually happened. So if you, if you do it that way and you really vividly imagine it um, looking through your own eyes, your unconscious mind might think you've already achieved it. And therefore, there's no motivation. So it's very important to step out of that um, of that picture. But then the final thing is that um, in the creating future um, coaching techniques, what we do is we actually teach the person to actually put that goal literally out in their future timeline, so that it becomes a future memory. A future memory which is as certain to happen as the person's past already has. Um, so that, you know, it, it's a, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a completely different than traditional goal setting techniques, but there's a number of distinctions uh, that make it significantly more effective. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I just want to, we've only got a few minutes left now. I just really would like you to maybe share with us what your final messages might be that you'd like to leave people with. Yeah. Um, I think that the the things that I've experienced over the last um, 20 years um, and, you know, what I've achieved um, to date and and where I started out, 
Um, cause in 1993, um, I was in a bedsit, which is smaller than my office now. Um, everything was, was in one place. I'd lost the, all my money, sold the car, I'd lost the house. My wife had left me the whole thing. Um, and I decided that I wanted to turn that round and it was, it was learning NLP and timeline therapy and hypnosis that gave me the tools to do that. So I think the, the really important thing I would say to people is it doesn't matter where you've been. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. The only thing that really matters is where do you want to be and what are you willing to do about it? Um, I, I really don't know what the, the, uh, the, the, uh, boundaries are on what a, uh, human being can, can achieve, uh, in, you know, in, in business, in their career, in their relationships, in fitness, all of those kind of things. Um, but the important thing I think is that I am willing to act as if anything's possible until I discover whether it is or not. Um, and I haven't really discovered that many things that are impossible at this point in time. <laughs> I think that there's some sort of frames of NLP, isn't there? Um, fundamentals and acting as if is one of them. And I have to say that it's just such a powerful, a powerful belief. If you can have act, act as if, act as if you can, it's amazing what you can go out and achieve, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, we, uh, I was doing a presentation skills program and, um, we, we gave them the, the people there did a little presentation. Then we said, okay, here, we've modeled, um, really, uh, really successful speakers. Um, and, you know, here, and here there is some real common beliefs of these, um, very, very successful, very powerful speakers. Do your presentation again, but just act as if you believe that was, those things were true. And in like a matter of like a couple of minutes, their presentation was transformed just by acting as if they believed something different. It, it was magic, miraculous. Fantastic. Well, I shall, I shall um, act as if I've got a, a big speech coming up in, a, in a, a month or so that I'm thinking through. So I shall certainly put that into my mind, David, and uh, use that. It's been fantastic talking to you again. I think um, there's been some brilliant content today. So uh, a big thank you. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show. Absolutely loved it, Chris. Loved it. Fantastic. And, and, and to find out more information about David and the Performance Partnership, go to www.performancepartnership.com. I'd also go there and they have um, a free CD that uh, David's team will send you. It's an introduction to NLP and timeline therapy. It's available on the site. Um, they'll then send you any sort of free updates about free events and uh, their Change Your Mind, Change the, Your Future weekend. Hmm. Um, so, I do access that. I'd strongly recommend that. Uh, and uh, for next week's show, just to let you know, um, the show is with uh, guest is Steve Seabold. Steve is one of the, the top uh, earning uh, speakers in the world, uh, in the top 1%. He's a former U.S. tennis pro. He talks about uh, mental toughness. He's a fabulous guy. And, uh, and he um, helped train me around speaking um, a few years ago. But he's an amazing guy and we'll have um, some great content to share next week. So do listen to that show as well. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send it to Chris at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. I'll leave on my Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BeMoreAchieveMore. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>